Welcome to You Shall Receive Power. I'm Etienne McClintock, and with me in the studio is my co-host, Colin Hone. He is the International Director and Speaker for Holy Spirit Ministries. He's also the International Distributor for the book, 50 Days, Prayers and Devotionals to Prepare for the Latter Rain, and Christ's Return by Pastor Dennis Smith. Our current series is based on this daily devotionals that you find in this book. And as we start our program today, please join me as we pray. Our Father in heaven, once again it is our privilege to come to your throne of grace, to seek your presence, and to ask for the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Guide us in this study and inspire us with new life through your word and your Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You are listening to You Shall Receive Power. It is based on the words of Jesus in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where Jesus says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Colin, what are we looking at today? Well, it's great to be here, Etienne. Today we're looking at Lesson 6, which is doing the ministry of Jesus. Mm. So doing the same ministry of Jesus. We want to look at Jesus, what he did, and what the early disciples, what ministry they did, and how what we can learn from them today, how they went about it. Excellent. I mean, the word Christian actually means to be like Christ, doesn't it? So those who are like Christ will do the ministry of Christ. So that makes that makes sense. That's right. So when we go and look at Jesus' ministry, we don't see much about his life before he was baptized in water and baptized with the Holy Spirit. Mm. That's when his ministry officially start, started, and he was anointed with the Holy Spirit. And we can read about that in the book of Luke, when Jesus went down and was baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay, Luke, which chapter were you Luke looking chapter at? Luke chapter 3. Verse 21. 3 and verse 21. And it says, Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, and you I am well pleased. So we see that Jesus started his ministry himself, he was baptized in water himself. Mm. And then it says when he was praying, heaven was opened, and he too was baptized with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit came upon him and said those wonderful words, Thou art my beloved Son, and thee I am well pleased. Mm. See, Jesus knew his Father loved him. And we too need to know that our Father loves us, just as Jesus did. Yes. So that was the first step. Mm-hmm. He was baptized with water as an example And then he was baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then he began his ministry. And what happened with his ministry next? He went out into the desert for 40 days to face the temptations of Satan in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. And you see that every single answer when he was tempted by Satan, he answered by the word of God. He was baptized with the Holy Spirit, led into the desert, faced the temptations. And then it says he came back. In the spirit and power And so he started teaching the synagogues Mm. It's interesting there to note that Jesus went Was baptized And then the sequence of that is After he came back from the baptism Onto the shore, out of the water That he was praying And while he was praying The heavens was opened and he received the Holy Spirit 
Because there are sometimes people that think that, you know, when you baptize, you receive the Holy Spirit immediately. That is not always the case. They can sometimes be sequential. And as I guess we're going to look at some other studies, sometimes you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit before water baptism. That's right. And the experience of every believer is to follow Christ's example. Mm. I mean, the Christian is first born of the Spirit. Yes. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. We're born of the Spirit. And that's found in John chapter 3, verse 5 to 8. You want to read Jesus, that one? Yes, Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus here, and Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So the first experience of a Christian is to be convicted by the Holy Spirit of sin mm. and to be born again. Yes. And then be baptized in water. Now, it's interesting that we note here that Jesus says, you know, you need to be born again or born from above to see the kingdom of God. That's what it says in verse 3. But then in verse 5, it actually takes it further. It actually says to enter the kingdom, you have to be born of water and the Spirit. That's right. And we, again, we go back to Christ's experience is the divine model. He was begotten of the Holy Spirit and born of the Holy Spirit himself in Luke mm. chapter 1, verse 35. Luke chapter 1, verse 30, 35. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Spirit shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. So straight away, Jesus was born of the Holy Spirit, came upon Mary. So he mm. was he was born of the, through the Holy Spirit, or begotten of the Spirit in Luke one thirty five. You also read in Luke chapter 2, verse 52. That's Luke chapter 2, verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So he was... Filled the Spirit and led by even a child and an early manhood. Mm -hmm. Then we see that he received water baptism, which was followed by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And remember this, in answer to prayer, Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and 22. Mm. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, you are my beloved son, and you I am well pleased. So straight away, Jesus was baptized with the Holy Spirit. And from that point forward, he was filled with the Spirit. And we can see in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, it says, And being full of the Holy Ghost, he returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. So mm. the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness mm. where he overcame the temptations of Satan and had victory for us. Amazing. And then it says in um, Luke chapter uh, 4, verse 14, where it says, And Jesus returned in power of the Spirit to Galilee after his 40 days. Mm. And there went out fame of him through all the region around about, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. What was Jesus' mission? When he was baptized with the Holy Spirit, he gets up, and it's recorded here in Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to... 24. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, 
he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And there was delivered to him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. The eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say to them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness and wondered at the precious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? And he said to them, You will surely say to me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in in this country. And he said, Verily, verily, I say to you, No prophet is accepted in his own country. So there we have Jesus coming in and preaching a sermon. And Mm. really this was his mission statement. Mm. Many companies have a mission statement. Yes. You know, this was Jesus' mission statement. The first thing he said in verse 18, chapter 4, was, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And so we too, when we become Christians, we need the Spirit of the Lord to be upon us. Mm. And when the Spirit of the Lord was upon him, what was his mission? He has anointed me, another word for anointed, is baptized or filled me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. You know, there's a lot of brokenhearted people in the world. There's a lot of pain in the world. When you look around, the divorce rate is so high. Mm. You've got uh, wars. You've got terrorism. You've got so many people who are brokenhearted have been hurt. And Jesus says, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. And when Mm -hmm. we too are filled with the Holy Spirit, we too will preach the gospel to the poor and we can heal the brokenhearted. He says he's come to preach deliverance to captives. You know, when we think about it, we're all captives on this earth under the power of Satan. And Jesus came to deliver us from captives. Mm. He also said he came to recover the sight to the blind, not just physically, but spiritually, because we are blind to the truth. It says he also came to set liberty them that are bruised. We've all been bruised, haven't we? That's true. By life's, Mm. uh, what's thrown us in life. And again, in verse 19, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. It's interesting when he preached that sermon and gave his mission statement, uh, the Jews wanted to take him out and they tried to take him out and throw him over the cliff. Incredible. Uh, But that was his mission statement. Mm. And so let's look again at the sequence. Jesus first was baptized in water. Yes. He was baptized with the Holy Spirit. Mm. He was then led out to the wilderness to face temptations. Yes. And he overcame them by the word of God. Mm, He then began his ministry. And we too, you see, when we are convicted by the power of the Holy Spirit of sin, we turn to Jesus, we repent, Mm. we have forgiveness of sins, 1 John Chapter uh, 1, verse 9, which says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then from that journey then, we are baptized with the Holy Spirit. And when baptized with the Holy Spirit, when we are led to temptation, we can overcome by the word of God Mm. and by the power of the Holy Spirit when we are tempted. Yeah. 
And Jesus is our forerunner and example in, in all things. And we know that, you know, even you mentioned First John there. First John chapter 2, verse 16 says that all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of the life is not of the Father but of the world. And we know Jesus with those three temptations in the wilderness, they're led by the Holy Spirit and overcoming by the Spirit of God. He overcame and if you look at the lust of the flesh, because those are really the three elements that, that, that have to do with all our, our temptations. The lust of the flesh is when he was told to turn the stones into bread under the command of the devil to prove that he was the son of God. If you are the son of God, command these stones to be turned into bread. Then the lust of the eyes, he was shown that all the kingdoms of the world and the glory, if he would only bow down and worship Lucifer. He sought worship in heaven and he's still today looking for worship. And we know, of course, that that's going to be an end-time issue as well. And then the last one, the pride of life, he was tempted to demonstrate his faith and to prove himself by throwing himself down from the temple to see if he had faith that God would bear him on angel's wings. So all three of those temptations on our behalf, Jesus met. Any temptation that we come across, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, all fall into one of these three categories. And because Christ overcame, we can overcome. Because Christ was filled with the Holy Spirit, we can be filled with the Holy Spirit as well. As long as we take the necessary steps in confession, repentance, baptism, and then prayer to receive the Holy Spirit. That's right. And so Christ's experience is a divine model for every Christian. Again, Christ was born of the Holy Spirit. Mm. He was led by the Spirit in child and early manhood. He received water baptism, which followed by the baptism of the Spirit in answer to prayer. And from that point forward, he was filled with the Spirit. And after this experience of spirit baptism or feeling or anointing, Mm -hmm. he was prepared to confront Satan and gain the greatest victory over this enemy. And then he went forward to minister in the power of the Holy Spirit from that day forward, as recorded in Luke chapter 4, verse 14. And so the experience of every believer is to follow Christ's example. We must be born of the Spirit, baptized with water. And this is just only the beginning. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit to minister in the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm, amen. And you're talking about the last days then, just I noticed. Yes. And in the last days in Malachi chapter 4, it talks about Malachi chapter 4 verse 5. God says, Behold, I will send Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And verse 6, And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Mm. And so that has two applications. Elijah, as we know, was in the days of King Ahab and Jezebel to turn Israel back to true worship. Mm. Because what happened was Ahab had married Jezebel and and he was being influenced and he started sun worship. Mm -hmm. And so God sent Elijah back to turn uh, Israel back to God in true worship. And this is a, he says, This is a future prophecy that happened with John the Baptist was the application of Elijah came in the spirit. And what was his message? Again, repentance to turn the fathers and son together and prepare the way for the first coming of Jesus. But there will be a third Elijah as well in the last days. And it's interesting when you see that there was a king and there was a woman who was influencing the king. Mm. There was a uniting of church and State, a woman. Yes, of course. A woman woman representing the church and the king represent the civil governments. Mm -hmm. Again, back in John Baptist's day, the king was being influenced by his wife. And they both wanted to destroy Elijah and wanted to destroy John the Baptist. Mm. And so in the last days, it'll be the same. It always 
what has be- been before will happen again. That's right. And the last days you'll see that the third Elijah, God's people, who go out and uh, preach in the spirit of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Colin, I think that's a very important point that you're making there because obviously Elijah came at that time during the time of King Ahab. Elijah also preceded the coming of Jesus the first time 2,000 years ago because in Luke there we've been reading out of Luke but in Luke chapter 1 and verse 17 talking about the forerunner to Jesus which is John who came in the spirit and the power of Elijah. We read this in verse 17 and it says about John the Baptist and he shall be go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And in the same way, when the Elijah message comes again at the end, as you read there out of Malachi chapter 4, these same people have to go in the spirit and power of Elijah. So they'll have to be spirit-filled people to fulfill this mission, to turn the disobedient to wisdom of the just and to make a people ready Prepared for the coming of the Lord That's right And so again and In the last days it'll be the same mm. You'll have a woman, a church That will influence the king yeah. Or the governments of the world Okay to turn away from God That's right, And the Elijah yeah. message will be Come back, worship God, fear God And mm. worship God and give glory to him mm. And they will then blame Do you know there was calamities Back in Elijah's day? They had a drought. Droughts, they had natural and disasters. Right, yeah. Okay, and who did they blame? Well, Elijah, didn't he? He the blamed trou- the troubler of Israel. Yeah, but yeah. but who was the fault really? Elijah says, "You're the one that's yes, brought, right. brought this upon upon Israel." Mm. Again, uh, in the last days, there's natural disasters happening, and as as God's as uh, God's bring a message to turn back to true worship, mm. this woman church will encourage the kings of the earth yeah. saying, hey, we've got all these natural disasters and they'll blame it on God's people. Exactly the same thing will right. happen again. Yes, yes. It's interesting. Our history is going to repeat itself. And it's interesting to note that Jezebel was influencing the king, but she was also a queen. So she also had stately power. It's a church-state combination influencing the kings of the earth in the last days. And the same thing happened in John the Baptist day. It was a woman, the queen, Oh, that encouraged Herod. the King Herod mm. to kill John the Baptist. Mm. And who did he use? She used her daughters. Ah, yes, yes. Oh, in the last of... days, there will be a woman yeah. church that will use her daughters mm. and they will combine and encourage the kings on the earth to destroy um, the last day Elijah's with their last message to yes, take to yes. the world. It, what happened before will happen again. So, Eddie, and when we look at... Peter and the early disciples on the day of Pentecost, hmm. um, all the people thought they were drunk because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes. But in verse 14, Acts chapter 2, Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea and all you that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as you suppose, but it is the third hour of the day. Hmm. So nine o'clock in the morning, basically. It is nine o'clock in the morning. And then I want you to read from verse 16. Sure. Okay. To 21. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my maid servants I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I'll show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. 
And the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord is come. And it shall come to pass that whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourself also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. So there we have Peter saying this was a fulfillment of prophecy from Joel that your men and women shall prophesize. And so that's actually what happened, wasn't it? Peter started preaching and speaking and the disciples started preaching in other languages. Yes. And everybody could understand them, what they were saying in their own language. Just an amazing prophecy being fulfilled. And this was what's called was the early reign of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And I love what you said in verse 23. He basically says, you have crucified and slain the Messiah. Wow. We all have crucified the Messiah because Jesus went to the cross for my sins and your sins and for the whole world's sins. Mm. So we all put him on that cross. Yes. And it says when they realized that they had been put Jesus on the cross, it says in verse 37, Luke chapter 2, and when they heard this, they were pricked or cut in their heart. Mm. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and women, what shall we do? You know, when we realize that Jesus came down from heaven, became one of us, and lived a life, perfect, righteous life mm. for us, and then he was crucified for us, and that we put him on the cross because of our sins, that should cut us to the heart. Yes. And when we're cut to the heart, mm. what did they say? What shall we do? And in verse 38, Peter said unto them, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall also receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Even the disciples, but before they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what did they do? What did Jesus do before he was baptized? That's right. They prayed for 10 days. They put their differences aside. Mm. They started before Pentecost, who was going to be the greatest? They were arguing who's going to be the greatest. But they said they put the differences aside, and it says they were all in one accord. So the Spirit of God was working in their lives to make sure there was forgiveness and not uh, striving for ascendancy and being better than the other. That's so right. Was, the competition was taken out of the equation. That's right. And it's interesting. So God wants us to do the same as well. You know, some people are saying, look, there's just some people I struggle to forgive. I can't forgive them. And we know that even the Lord's Prayer says, forgive us our debtors. We forgive our debtors. We need to forgive and have that spirit of forgiveness. But it's not natural to us, is it? We don't, we don't by nature just like to forgive people who have wronged us and done bad things to us, hurt our reputation, hurt us physically, financially, emotionally. But through the power and the spirit of Christ, we're able to be softened. We're able to make that surrender to the Lord, and the Lord will give us that ability to love other people, even as he loved those who even crucified him when he said, Father, forgive them. And under that influence and power of the Holy Spirit, that power of conversion, God prepares us to receive the power of the Holy Spirit through baptism. That's right. And even forgiveness is a gift from God. Mm. You see, Jesus had the victory for us, for us being unforgiving. When, he, Like you said, yeah, on the yeah. cross. I mean, let's be honest. He was uh, spat on. Mm. He was stripped naked, crown of thorns on. He was whipped. Mm. And then he was put on the cross. Beaten. He was mocked. 
And he says, Father, forgive them, mm. for they do not know what they're doing. Mm. And so if you're dealing with, a, you're struggling with forgiveness or not being able to forgive, ask Jesus for his forgiveness mm. through use to those who have hurt you. Ask him and he'll give it to you. Yeah. I've experienced this in my own life, Eddie. And it's many times when I've been hurt mm. uh, by people. We've all had things in our lives where we've been hurt. Sure. Every one of us have experienced mm-hmm. you know, major things. And some people have experienced some major things in their life that have experienced hurt. But we can go to Jesus and ask him for his forgiveness through us to those mm. who have hurt us. Mm. And then we can too say, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Yes, and look, and even at times we may have even been on the other side of the equation where we have been doing the hurting, and maybe it'd be inadvertently, maybe we've just been, you know, self-focused, and God is even able to forgive and to bring healing and reconciliation there where we have either been hurting someone or we have been the victim in that instance as well. So God's grace is sufficient for everybody regardless of where you may find yourself at this point in time. That's right. So the early disciples, they had put their differences aside, what happened? You see, Jesus showed them example of who are the greatest, how to be the greatest. Hmm. When in the Last Supper, he got down there and he served them. He washed their feet yeah. and he served them. And he says, that's how you be the greatest, by serving others. Hmm. That is the character of God right there shown through Jesus. Yeah, another example. So it was yeah. a big lesson hmm. for them to learn. And so they came together, one accord. They put their differences aside. They humbled themselves. And that's why they were one accord. And when, if you're having problems in the church, we need to humble ourselves. And when we humble ourselves, we can be one accord mm. because we won't be seeking to see who's the greatest. We're putting others up, sure. uh, 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 above us. Ego is an enemy to unity, isn't it? It is. Mm. And we've got to put our own egos aside. Yeah. So Jesus promised that the Father would give the Holy Spirit to all those who ask in Luke chapter 11, verse 13. Luke chapter 11. Verse 13, he made an incredible promise. He links, if you look at the whole chapter of Luke chapter 11, he is linking prayer with asking for bread to give it to your neighbor and Mm. then links that with asking for the Holy Spirit to those who ask. And he says the word ask six times, the word seek two times. So he's trying to make a point that we need to continually ask for the Holy Spirit. Mm. But what was the purpose of the Holy Spirit? Was to give bread or the word of God or the gospel or Jesus as the bread To nourish us spiritually, feed us spiritually. To give it to our neighbors who are in need. Yes, so you don't eat and become fat spiritually. You eat and share. (laughs) So, you know, because the disciples said uh, to Jesus, teach us to pray. Mm. Yeah, that's right. And why were they asking him to teach us to pray? They saw that Jesus was a man of prayer mm. and that by who through his prayer they saw all these miracles being done and yes. they said teach us to pray and he said what was Jesus praying for he teaches the pray gives the our father mm. and then he gives them the parable of going to the next door neighbor and asking for the bread yeah give us as they are daily bread daily yeah. bread mm. and then he links it ask for the Holy Spirit so Jesus was asking for the Holy Spirit so he could do the things he could do and so he could give bread to his neighbor so he could, you know, serve yeah, others. That's, that's an important connection there. And there in Luke 11, verse 13, we read, And if ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? But you notice that he says to ask how many times? Six times. Seek twice. Six. Yes. Knock on the door a couple of times. 
he's trying to make the point here that we need to be sincere and continually ask, mm-hmm. daily ask. Remember, Jesus received a fresh baptism in the Holy Spirit daily. He was baptized with the Holy Spirit or infilled the Holy Spirit. We need to go back to the world daily for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So Paul tells us, how do we actually receive this gift of the Holy Spirit? So we ask. Before we ask, we go back one step to yes. repent of our sins. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, Because Peter said, repent. And you too shall receive the Holy Spirit. So we repent of our sins and we ask. So how do we receive that gift? Let's go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 14. Galatians chapter 3, verse 14. And Paul tells us how we can receive this gift. And that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit through faith. There it is. Mm. We receive it through faith. So this is a promise to the Gentiles that we will receive the Holy Spirit and we receive it through faith. We mm. believe, believe that God's God, promises. He said he'll do it. Yes. If we do our part, if we confess our sins mm. and he's faithful to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if we repent, he has promised to give us the Holy Spirit. Mm. I wonder how sometimes our God must feel if we just don't simply believe him. Because really, if it's, if it's faith, we believe God. And if it's not faith, it's unbelief which means we don't believe God and don't trust God. But simply we are to believe God's promises, claim them by faith, and receive the blessings that come from that. Because, I mean, even in the same chapter there in chapter 3 of Galatians in verse 2, Paul asked the questions of the Galatian church. He says, this only I would learn of you. Did you receive the Spirit? So this is receive the Holy Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. It's not by the good deed you were trying to do. It was actually by believing God. Did God do the works he had promised he would do in your life? That's right. He mm. promised that he would give it to us. Yeah. And that's what faith is, believing in the promises of God. Yeah. Well, it says that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. That's right. So righteousness comes by faith. And how did you come to Christ? Did you accept Christ's sacrifice by faith? faith. I mean, I wasn't there 2,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. But I believe by faith he did that. And because I accept the word it. of God tells us. And I accept yeah. it by faith. Amen. Accept it by faith. Mm. So we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit through faith. And this reception of this gift is so important that Paul commands us to be filled with the Spirit in Ephesians 5 verse 18. So let's go mm. to Ephesians 5 verse 18. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Will be filled with the Spirit. Yeah. So it is not simply an option. It's a command. Mm-hmm. It's necessary if the believer is earnest about experiencing the full deliverance of the gospel that Jesus Christ offers. And you notice that the Greek verb form or the Greek verb form for be filled is a continuous action, meaning keep on being filled every day. Oh, wow. So it's a continuous yes. Action. It's not a one-time action. It's mm. keep on being filled. Mm. Keep on being filled. For example, when you wake up in the morning and you're, when you're time of prayer, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. And why do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Two reasons. One, so that I can reflect the character of Jesus. Mm. Because mm. the only way you can reflect the character of Jesus is that if it, Jesus lives in you. Yes. So we want to reflect the character of Jesus. And the only way that can happen is if Jesus lives in us. And the only way Jesus can live in us is through the infilling or outpouring or daily baptism of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Yeah, that's essential, isn't and it? And the second work is, remember in Luke chapter 11, 
Jesus said to ask for the bread to give to your neighbor. Mm-hmm. So we're to ask for the infilling or baptism of the Holy Spirit so that we can share the gospel with others, mm-hmm. to share that, mm-hmm. that bread with so others. So that daily connection with God first thing in the morning is, is, is vital. It's very important. Now, you were mentioning uh, Luke there, Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. Jesus said to them, he said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. Daily. So this has got to happen daily and follow me. So the denial of self and receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit has to happen daily. Yeah, I think Paul mm. said also, uh, I die daily. That's right. Yeah, First Corinthians 15, that's yeah, right. Yeah, so what are we dying daily to? To self, denying self, taking Den- up the cross. That's what the cross represents, denial of self. Denial of self. So yeah. if we die daily, mm. wouldn't it make sense that we need to be fooled? Born daily. Born daily, that's right, and filled with the yeah, Holy we Spirit. We die daily, we're born daily. And mm. so we need to go back to the well, mm, an everlasting that, uh, well, mm. and be filled daily with the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, I remember as a Christian, I became a Christian uh, in 1991. Uh, someone gave me a book on Bondi Beach, and mm. uh, I became a Christian. I looked at all the prophets in the Bible, and I, I joined the church, and I was baptized in water. But I never asked for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm. I didn't even know about the Holy Spirit. Sure. I was like the Ephesians when Paul says to the Ephesians, and they said, have you heard about the Holy Spirit? And they said, no, we haven't even heard about it. Yeah, yeah. I was like that, and I hadn't heard about the Holy Spirit. I heard a little bit about it. Mm. And and quite what I'd seen of it in watching television, that it didn't make sense in, within the Bible. You know, you're just seeing people sure. falling on the floor or... It just seemed really crazy, mm-hmm. you know, from when, when I read God's word, what the Holy Spirit was doing. So I didn't even ask of it. And, you know, for 12 years, not asking for the Holy Spirit, I never led one person to Jesus. I never had the power. We have mm-hmm. to ask in Luke 11. He says, ask and you shall receive. So I wasn't asking. So I guess what yes, I wasn't yeah. receiving. And so, therefore, you saw the effects in my life where I never led anyone to Jesus for 12 years. I never saw victory over sin in my life. Mm-hmm. But then I started asking about eight years ago. Mm. I started praying daily for the Holy Spirit. Repenting, remember? Prayer, repenting, and then asking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But what reasons? One, so I could reflect the character of Jesus. And mm-hmm. two, Amen. so I could build up his kingdom. Mm. I ask you for the right reasons. Well, I know that you've been very busy. I mean, you, you, you travel not only here in Australia, but also around the world and, and run mission programs, and many people have been baptized as a result of that. But that's a different story to what it was prior to eight years ago, isn't it? Well, there was nothing. <laughs> I mean, I just turned up to church. Right. You know, so you're pew warmer, were you? Pew warmer. <laughs> you know, you have a Sabbath school. Sometimes I'd pay tithes. Sometimes I did. Sometimes I'd read the Bible. Sometimes I wouldn't. Sometimes I'd pray. Sometimes I wouldn't. Mm. I was lukewarm. <laughs> I was lukewarm, yes. and uh, the Bible describes as the condition in Revelation chapter 3 mm. where he says, what's he going to do with lukewarm Christians? He's going to spew them out of his mouth. He yes. says, I don't yes. know you. Mm. And so, so I had to let Jesus in daily, and I, so I started praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And yes, and, and it's like Paul, it's not I, but it's Christ, Christ in me Christ, because yes. before that, even as a Christian, there was nothing happening. Afterwards, when I started praying for Christ in me, the hope of glory, for the daily baptism in the Holy Spirit, Christ started doing things in and through me. So it's mm-hmm. not I, Eddie, and it's him that does it. Yeah, amen. And you know what? Jesus even said that we will do the same works as he did and even greater works in John chapter 14, verse 12. Mm. That just amazes me that we're going to do greater works 
than Jesus. Yeah, that's an incredible, uh, a profound statement there. In John 14, verse 12, we read, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. Wow. So mm-hmm. here's another promise, isn't it? Yes, that's definitely another a promise. promise. Yeah. And, and why is it? Because I go to the Father. And he says, continues on in verse 13, And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And then gives you how it happens. Number verse 14, he says, If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Mm-hmm. According yes. to God's will. Prayer again, yes. Yeah, ask in prayer. Again, mm-hmm. ask, mm-hmm. ask. Twice it says ask, yes. ask. Then it says, again, another condition. If you ask. Another condition, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Right, yes. If you love me, you don't keep the commandments because you have to. You do it because you love God. Mm. And then he says, and I will pray the Father, and this is how it happens. Verse 16 of John 14, and I'll pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. comforter. Jesus was the comforter while he was on earth. Mm. He says, I'll give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. So how long is the Holy Spirit going to be with us if we're asking? Forever. Forever. Yeah. And verse wow. 17, read verse 17 and 18 for us, please. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And that verse 18 I just read, I think the New King James says, I will not leave you orphans. Yes. I will come to you. So how does Jesus come to us? Through the Spirit of Truth, through the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. Mm. And he says, not only, and he's talking about the Holy Spirit was with them, but he's talking about future where the Holy Spirit and Jesus will dwell in us. Yes. And he goes on to verse, uh, verse 21. He says, he that has my commandments and keeps them, he is it that loves me, and he that loves me shall be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Jesus and the Father. And you keep reading, it says not only would Jesus come, but the Father would dwell in us and Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Have you ever th- think about that, Eddie? Oh, look, it's, it's mind-blowing. It, it's just incredible that the God of the universe would be so intimately connected with us. I mean, when you know someone, you know, and you marry someone, you sit side by side and you take your life journey together side by side. But now to have God through the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, that's even more intimate than that. That is just an incredible privilege. People will give their left arm and their right arm to see their favorite movie star or their favorite, you know, sports star or, you know, presidents of the world, Donald Trump or the preceding presidents perhaps. Here we can be with the king of the universe, the king of kings and the lord of lords, and he wants to live in us, intimately be connected with us. That is just mind-blowing. And until we experience it, we can't explain it. I don't even know if we experience it. We'll have the words. Human language will probably not be able to explain what that close relationship with the Lord will be like. Well, just think of the condensation of, con, you know, God. Condescension. Condescension, sorry, yeah. God, yeah. the creator of the universe. Hmm. I mean, let's just take get that in perspective. Just our galaxy alone, where we live, our little planet Earth. Sure. Scientists have now discovered they believe there's at least 100 to 200 billion stars or suns. That is just in our galaxy. Our galaxy. Just our galaxy. And they believe, scientists, that there are at least 200 
or 100 to 200 billion galaxies in the universe. Wow. And the God that created all of that yeah. wants to come and dwell in us. Mm. So that's why, you know, that's why God had a problem because for God to dwell in us, he has to cleanse us first from sin because light cannot be with darkness. Yes, and so that yes. is what the whole gospel is about of the cross is Jesus paying the penalty for our sins mm-hmm. so that we can be cleansed. What for? For the indwelling of the Father and the yes, Son yeah. through the Holy Spirit in us. Mm. And that's just an amazing thing when I think about that. When we think of our smallness and how much God pays attention to us, you know that text there, it comes out of the Psalms, but it's quoted in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 6. It says that what is man that you are mindful of him? And the him um, is us, obviously, or the son of man that you care for him. You have made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands. And you've put all things under subjection. And then, of course, it later says, but all things are no longer under subjection. But then as we look at it, we see Jesus, who was also made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death and crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. Beautiful text and a beautiful encouragement to us that God would actually become one of us on this little speck of dust here in, you know, in our little ga- galaxy and our little solar system to redeem us and bring us back when he is the king of a vast empire and created all things and upholds all things by the word of his power. It's amazing. And to him Incredible. to able to do that, for him to even be able to do that, reconcile us back to him, mm. cost the death of his son mm. who created the universe with him. We are that one lost sheep. Well, the father created the universe through Jesus. Mm. The whole mm. That universe, he had to become a man. Just That's just mind-blowing again. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and he will be in a man's body, in our body, for eternity. Yes. A glorified body, yes, but he is in a body. And that's why... You know, Jesus says, to your advantage that I go back to the Father. Mm. He said, it's your advantage that I go back to the Father so that I can come and dwell in you through the Holy Spirit. And so when Jesus lives in us through the Holy Spirit, he can be through us. He can be everywhere. It's like Mm -hmm. a, it's like a a franchise of Jesus's. Yes. Yeah. All around the world. You know, Mm. a franchise of Jesus doing the same works as Jesus. Mm. And so that's why the works are greater because it's the multiplication of Jesus living in millions of his disciples. So Jesus is still doing the work, but in cooperation with us and through us. And through us, yeah. but not just through one, but through millions of people. Mm. And so Amen. that's why it's uh, greater works, I believe, because it's Jesus doing the same works, yes. but multiplication of those greater works. Because Jesus, when he was on earth, could only be in one place at one time. Yeah, could, that, that makes sense. Yeah. And only being be, in a physical body. Yes. Yeah, he could have yeah. one power. However, when he ascended the Father, he was able to be in many places through the earth by the indwelling his followers through the Holy Spirit. Mm. Let's go to 1 John chapter 3, verse 24. 1 John chapter 3, verse 24. Now, when he who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him, and by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given to us. So what were, what were the conditions of him abiding in us on that verse? If you keep the commandments. We keep the commandments and what else? And abide in, in him. And he abide in you. In us, yes. And how does he abide in us? Through the Holy Spirit. Yes. Through the Spirit. Holy Spirit. It was given to us, yes. That's right. And so again, the Spirit is a gift to us as well, just like Jesus is a gift to us. Yeah. Well, mm. Jesus came from the Father. Mm-hmm. Guess where the Holy Spirit came from? 
father as well, yes. Yeah, John chapter 16, I'll send the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, uh, verse 26, it says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I have said to you. Mm. And again, Mm. in John chapter 16, it tells us that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father. Well, where did Jesus come from? From the Father, yeah, from the bosom of the Father. Now, where did the Holy Spirit come from? From the Father. They yes. both came from the Father. Mm. And so uh, that's just an amazing promise. Yes, incredible. Now we know, let's read John chapter 14, verse 16 and 18. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper or another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. And this happened at Pentecost. Mm, mm. On the day of Pentecost, Jesus, the Father accepted Jesus' sacrifice. Mm. And corresponding to that, he poured out his Holy Spirit and the promise that Jesus had made. Yes. And you saw what happened to the disciples. Interesting, the disciples did the same work as Jesus. Mm. They went around preaching, healing, and teaching. Mm doing the same works as Jesus, as we read Jesus' mission statement in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, Yes, where his mission statement was. And so they went around doing the same works. And today, too, we can do the same works as Jesus if we confess our sins, if we abide in him and he abides in us. We, too, can be daily baptized through the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And as we are, we will do the same works as Jesus because it's not our works, it's Jesus doing the works in and through us yeah, And maybe of us it could also be said As it was said of the disciples after the day of Pentecost When they had been baptized with the Holy Spirit And I think there it is in um, Acts chapter 4 And verse 13 it says And now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John And perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men They marveled and they took knowledge of them That they had been with Jesus So what Jesus was the disciples were, and they could see that these people had spent time with Jesus. Not only that, Jesus now being within them, it was very clear that they were doing the works that Jesus had done when he was still on earth. That's right. So hence the Holy Spirit enables the believer to do the same works as he did, mm. and even greater works because they are more widespread. Mm. And the fulfillment of Jesus' promise was seen on the day of Pentecost. And as you just said, isn't it interesting in uh, John chapter 20, on the day of the resurrection, it says the disciples were in the upper room huddled together for fear of the Jews. Yes, yes. And then we fast forward, as you read in Acts chapter 4, there is Peter and John in the, in the temple mm-hmm. preaching boldly without boldly. fear Incredible. the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. Well, what happened between, you know, on the day when they just all split on, in Gethsemane yeah. to that day? Well, that's an amazing transformation, whatever happened there. And we know, you know quite often we'll do extreme makeovers. It could be for houses or for people the way they look. Yes. <laughs> this is an internal transformation. And you know, there's a text that I sometimes think of, and it talks about the first king of Israel, King Saul. And in 1 Samuel chapter 10, it says to Saul there that he will be an entirely different person when the Holy Spirit comes upon him and he would prophesy. And then what it says there, I think in verse 10 of t- chapter 10 of 1 Samuel, it says there that God gave him an, a new heart. He gave him a different heart, mm. and he became a different person. So just as we see with the disciples, they were cowering and scared. 
When God gave them the Holy Spirit, he gave them a new heart. They became different people as well. And from timidity and fear, they became bold and proclaimed the word of God with power. That's right, because Mm. of the day of Pentecost. They went through the process. They saw the crucifixion. They realized that they put Jesus on the cross for their sins. Mm. They humbled themselves. They came together as one accord. This is the process. They prayed together. And after that, they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, what is the fruit of the Spirit? fruit of the Spirit is love. And so let's go to Galatians 5, 22 and 23, which is an opposition opposite to the fruits of the flesh, or which it yes, Paul yeah. describes just previously. That's right. I said, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So even faith there is a gift. Faith is a gift. Yeah. So we Jesus can ask for more faith. faith. Well, what about in Revelation chapter 14, verse 6 to 12? It describes God's last day people. Yes. And what do they have? They keep the commandments of God and they have the faith of Jesus. Whose faith? Jesus' faith. And yeah. so you just read that the faith is a gift of the Holy Spirit, a mm. fruit, sorry, a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Yes. So we can ask for the faith of Jesus. Ask God, say, give me the faith of Jesus. Mm. And he'll give that as yeah. a gift. See, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we've got to believe the word of God when we receive it. Believe that God is gracious and long-suffering, abundant in mercy and truth. And quite often people think that it may be for the good people, but this may not be, these promises of God and salvation may not be for them because they're not quite good enough. But we know as we read the scriptures, Jesus came to seek and save the lost, not the righteous. He didn't come to call righteous people but sinners to repentance. So if you're feeling that maybe you're not good enough, maybe you feel that you're too much of a sinner, that there may be nothing good in you, maybe the world has dealt you a bad hand, maybe people have put you down, you are exactly the person that Jesus came to seek and to save. And you are particularly the person that he wants to bring into his kingdom. And when the Spirit of God comes upon you, you also will be an entirely different person, and God will transform and change your life And he'll give you power that with boldness you can also testify about how good God has been to you. And you can be an heir of the kingdom and you can be a son and a daughter of God. That's an amazing promise. Mm. And it's true. I I only have to look at my own life. You know, I'm a sinner. Mm. And um, Jesus came to save sinners. Mm. And we're all sinners. It says all have sinned and fought sure of the glory fall short of the glory of God. Yes. And Jesus came to save those who are lost. Mm, and we're mm. all sinners and we're all in that boat, aren't we? We are. Now we look at it um, in Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Mm. In Romans 5, chapter 5. One, chapter of, my five, favorite, one of my favorite epistles, Romans. Yeah, it gives you the key of why the disciples were able to preach boldly. Yes. Okay. They were baptized with the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit is love. Love, yes. And it says in Romans 5, and hope make it not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost or Holy mm. Spirit, which is given to us. Yes, beautiful. So, so the fruit of the Spirit is love, mm. and we find out in First John chapter 4 that love casts out fear. Fear, yes. Amen. You see? So, so when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, love casts mm. out here, because, mm. and love is put in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that's why the disciples were able to go boldly in the synagogues without fear yes. before the uh, 
before the leaders. And it's the same with us. Absolutely. If you're yeah. struggling with fear of maybe sharing the gospel or sharing your faith, mm. then ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes. Lord, baptize them in the Holy Spirit because the fruit of the Spirit is love and love will cast out mm. fear and give you the power to go out and preach boldly wow. or teach or share yeah. the gospel with others. In that word love there is the Greek word agape, which is self-sacrificing love. And that's a love that God gives to us, which is not natural to ourselves. I mean, Paul in the book of Romans, chapter 13 and verse 10 says that love, not any love, but agape love is the fulfilling of the law. But prior to that in Romans chapter 8 and verse 7, he says that the fleshly mind, the carnal mind, is enmity against God and is not subject to his law, which is the law of love, the law of agape love, nor indeed can it be. So we can't transform and change ourselves. It's only the Holy Spirit that can draw us, convict us of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment, and then fill us with that love that actually answers the demands of the law, which is self-sacrificing love, that agape love. And what I love out of that text as well, Colin, is that in verse 5 of chapter 5 is that the Holy Spirit is given to us, is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, but it says that the Holy Ghost is given to us. It is a gift from God. With that gift comes all the other gifts we require in regards to our salvation and our relationship with the Lord. So that's how the disciples were able to preach boldly. The love of God was poured out in their hearts. Mm -hmm. They were baptized with the Holy Spirit. They had the fruit of the Spirit of love, and they were able to preach boldly. And you just see that when Peter preaches his sermon, you know, when Peter preaches his sermon, he uplifts Jesus, Mm. and he says to them, you put him on the cross. Yes, and everyone says, what should we do? And they said, repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Mm. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that promise wasn't just for them. In verse 39 of Acts chapter 2, it says, for the promises for you and for your children and for all that are far off, even as we are sitting here in Australia. Far off, 2,000 years far off, and we can still claim that promise. And, and, a long, and a geography a long way away as and well. Ge- geographically as well, yes. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And, and he said many other words. But what happened from the result of his preaching with power when he was baptized with the Holy Spirit? Mm. Let's read what happened in verse 41. What happened there in Acts chapter 2, verse 41? And they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, incredible. Power of the Holy Spirit. 3,000 mm. people were baptized that day. And you only have to look at what happened to the early church. It was, it was beautiful, this church. They had four, they did four, five, six things. Mm. When we read on in verse 42, it says, And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That means in Bible study. They came yeah. together and studied God's word together, mm. the apostles' doctrine. They fellowship together. Yes. They commune together. They break bread together or ate together. Mm. And they pray together. Mm, amen. There's the element of the early church. They were a praying church. They studied God's word together. They fellowship together and they ate together. Mm. And then it says in verse 43, And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Wow. See, not only will they feel the Holy Spirit to have the fruit of the Spirit, but they were given gifts as well. And we see what happened in the rest of the book of Acts. And it says they went around daily praising God. They were one accord, 
meeting in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, mm, mm. praising God and having favor with all the people. They found favor with the people, and because of that, the Lord added to the church daily as should be saved. Amen. Well, Colin, thank you for taking us through that study. That's been a real blessing, and I've uh, enjoyed as we've been working through the Word of God. Uh, dear listener, we also have a special offer for you. If you would like to receive a copy of the book Steps to Personal Revival by Helmut Horbel, you can have this book and we'll make it available to you for $1 plus postage. And you're welcome to contact us here at 3ABN Australia Radio by phoning us in Australia on 02 or you can email us at radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. Dear listener, thank you for joining us today on You Shall Receive Power. Until next time. been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.